Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week well. Focusing on tons of self-care, as much joy as possible. Resting. Um, I'm sitting here laughing to myself <laughs> because of the topic I want to talk about is uh, simple habits little things we can do to keep romance alive. But my eyeballs, as I'm looking at some of the notes I wrote down, I'm looking at an article that I had saved. And uh, the article says, I'll read you the full quote. A meta-analysis suggests that emotional intelligence is declining. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's part of why dating's rough. And then I, my eyeballs scroll down to another article that I want to talk about at some point, uh, talking about you know why divorce divorce rates are rising. And then there's another zinger says, this is the headline of an article. So you're dating again. Here's what to keep in mind to maintain your mental health. And then it brings me right back to how do we keep romance alive? What is going on out there? You know, I think one of the blessings and the curses of the work I do as a um, couples and sex therapist, as a mental health professional. And again, I'm one of those people where I built a specialty and scholarship within relationships and sex. I think those are the most important attributes to our mental health and also to what brings joy or conflict into our lives. Um, so I think that the, I, I always advocate for people to see, you know, certified sex therapists and couples therapists, even to do individual therapy. I work with individuals and couples. Anyway, what uh, has come out of that is uh, a lot of, you know, learning and a lot of understanding what works and what doesn't work. I've been doing this work for two decades about. And um, so I have a really good grasp on the re relational science, but the darker, more complicated experiences that come out of that can be quite daunting. Um, I think that we have normalized bad relationships. I think most people really don't have a good idea as to what is required in a healthy relationship. What does it look like? We are not seeing that in our families of origin. We are often not seeing that in our friend groups as we look around. And the advice or the behaviors of our friends will normalize better behavior or worse behavior. And then we're certainly not seeing it on in television and movies. I was talking to a colleague yesterday and we were talking about media. And he said to me, wow, I was having a conversation, he said, with his partner. And he said, we couldn't come up with any TV shows that really modeled healthy social, relational, or family dynamics. Now, that's not to say that none of them exist, because there's a few. 
And I sent it right back. I said, I was only able to find one solid one. Now, for those that know me, I'm not really caught up on much of pop culture because I don't really value most of pop culture. I'm not, I don't care about celebrities and athletes and that. I don't think that, you know, someone's fame uh, makes them any more important, interesting, or special. Uh, not to knock anyone. Uh, but so I don't know all the current uh, <clears throat> pop culture television shows and whatnot. And I know that there are some networks and streaming services that are working really hard to make things more inclusive. So we're seeing, you know, diverse characters in terms of race, gender, sexual orientation. That's awesome. But we're not necessarily nailing what healthy relationships look like. And there is a show that I think is pretty good. It's called Parenthood. And I remember watching it back in the day. It's an older show. And I think now it's on a streaming service. I don't think I know. It's on Hulu. Maybe found other places as well. And I think it has a really, really good core because it really does often become about them honoring people before all else. And they put their relationships first and they are there for each other. And I love that. They really center secure functioning relationships. They really center um, good relational values. But the larger conversation that rolled out from that was just where are people supposed to find these things? And unfortunately, when we look at articles like how do you keep romance alive? Well, first people have to find a relationship that's worth trying to do that work for. Um, I don't want people doing this work in relationships or with partners where it's toxic or not healthy. So that's like the, the precursor is first we have to find relationships with others that want to do the work. Cause I think that's part of the flaw is even in couples therapies. I work with individuals where they're with a partner that really, they want things to feel good. They want things to go well, but they're not necessarily really in the relationship in the ways that they need to be. Um, cause the best model for, you know, moving through and, 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 and accountability within a relationship is seeing relationships as vehicles for transformation, whether it's parent and child or adult and adult is saying my work here is, is to not even, not just be good for this other, because they're in my care. When we form a relationship, remember that when we form a relationship with someone, especially a primary romantic one, they're in our care. And I don't think people really understand the commitment and level of accountability when they make a primary attached relationship. A lot of couples come in and they don't have a truly committed relationship. Yes, they're married, maybe they have kids, maybe they're monogamous and exclusive, but that doesn't mean they're committed. Commitment is something that's behavioral, it's also emotional. And forming a truly secure partnership requires paying attention to that and working on that. But a lot of people don't wanna do that work. They come into therapy wanting things to be different, they wanna feel better, but they're not willing to be different and they don't really understand what that looks like. Um, so that's the precursor to this topic of like, how do we keep romance alive? Well, first we have to find a partner that really wants to do the work and the relationship has to be a safe relationship. Otherwise the work should be on getting out of it. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break. When we come back, we'll keep talking about this. There's gonna be a lot. I'm not just gonna be dropping tips on keeping romance alive. I think there's something a little too banal and trite in that, but I'm also gonna weave in some larger relational um, understanding in there. So stick around, this is for everyone. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we are back. And uh, before the break, I was giving the daunting um, framework for what I want to talk about. It's such a simple topic, but there's so much meat to it. And I want to round it out and round it out and round it out because I think there's a lot of important stuff in here. And the general topic was just how do we keep love alive? And it's not just about these fun tips and tricks. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about, but I want to round it out and make it a bigger topic than that. Because I think that there's an accountability and responsibility that we are, I don't know, watering down or not taking seriously or often not even aware of that really is at the core, I believe, of any committed trusting relationship of any kind. And I was kind of saying before the break in the earlier segment, I don't think a lot of people understand that. And I think a lot of people really step into things and treat it very loosely, very lightly, very casually. So I think there's got to be some level of discussion. And that's one of the hardest things, you know, for the listeners of the show, you'll often hear DMs come in where someone frames the question as how do I, you know, how do I break up with someone without hurting them? How do I let someone know that, you know, we need to do a couples therapy or we're not in love anymore or I'm not happy with our sex life without feeling, making them feel bad or me feeling bad. Like that's usually what's woven into the question. It's this inability to really step into vulnerability and transparency. And we are not raised in a culture where that is something we are trained in. We are raised in etiquette and politeness and, you know, well, that's, that's your boss or that's your mom or that's blah, blah, blah. And so we have to treat certain people differently. And we don't know how to just really lead from a place of everyone deserves to be treated the same. Every relationship, we should respect it enough to be transparent and let those we're relating to in any form, let them know what we're thinking and how we're feeling and how they're impacting us. We don't have that confidence in really sharing true emotion because that's what a lot of those questions come down to. They're basically saying when they say, how do I break up with someone? Well, the answer is obvious by telling them it's over like that. That's actually not a real question. But what's really being asked is I'm afraid to do this or I don't feel comfortable doing this. And that, again, is a sign of us being raised in a culture where we don't honor truth or authenticity. Again, some people think mental health means you're never sad, you're never anxious, and if you are, you gotta take a pill. No, we have to learn how to sit in our emotions and how to express them. And a lot of the couples issues that come into my office are a sign of couples not feeling comfortable leading with and discussing what we call primary affect, and that's the true primary emotion. And those emotions are always very soft. I'm afraid, I feel lonely, I feel disappointed, I feel frustrated, I feel scared, I feel anxious. Or even the positive ones, I feel desire for you, I feel joy when with you. But instead, because we have a lot of shame around that vulnerability, we go into secondary emotion, which is always a defense, it's a defensive stance. We go to anger. <laughs> it's always elevated and harsh. 
The secondary defensive emotions are always the ones that are hard for people to sit with or to listen to. It pushes them away. It's always very rough and sharp. We need to go to the primary ones, but we are not used to being in relationships where that's the way we relate or that's, or where that is safe or where that is even sought out. I work with individuals who've been with someone in any style of relationship, friend, family member, romantic partner for maybe years, even decades, and they still aren't able to really bring their true total self forward. That's the crux of some of that problem. Not the superficial stuff. Are we having kids? What's going on with finances? We can't even begin to tackle those things appropriately if we can't even share the more base emotions. So when I look at these topics and I want to just share fun tips and tricks on how to keep romance alive, I realize that that isn't good or useful if it's on a weak foundation. And so what am I saying? I'm saying, well, yes, there's things you can do, quick, easy ways, but please first address the foundation of the relationship. Am I with someone who's truly committed? What does that even look like? Because I don't think we understand that. We live in a toxically individualist culture where it's like, what's in it for me? I got to do me. No one can make me feel a certain way. I got to worry about myself. All that is not true. And all that is actually the antithesis of healthy, healthy relationship. I've shared this on the show many times. I'll do it again. We know through really robust, empirically validated research that people do make us feel things, that we are a unit, that healthy relationship when we truly attach, it's a regression. It's a merger. It's a fusion. We aren't separate. We're not separate from anything ever. There's nothing we're separate from. We're not separate from nature. We are not separate from other people. We are always impacting each other, even if it's just symbolically as we think about them in our minds. But we do make people feel things, 100%. That's part of being in a healthy relationship and empathetic. So we have to just start there. Like, is this person I'm forming a relationship with truly in this with me? Do they think in terms of us and we? That is one of the most powerful definers. When I hear a couple always talk about, well, what I need or what I want or what I feel, I know that they are not truly in a relationship. They are spending time around someone. They have the labels and the structures in place, but they haven't allowed the merger and the fusion. Because if they did, they'd be saying us, we. Everything would be framed in terms of cooperation. What impacts you impacts me. We're in this together. And the issue's over there. How are we as a team going to deal with the fact that we're not sure if we want another child, if that's the issue we're talking about, versus digging their heels into two oppositional sides? So a lot of couples come in fighting about me versus you. That is not a committed, secure, functioning relationship. It would be from a place of us. Everything would be framed around how it impacts us. What do we need? Yeah, and that scares people. It scares people in our culture. We don't know how to fuse and merge in a safe way. We see that as loss of self, but it isn't. It's the expansion of self. We are now larger and bigger. We do better. We have someone in our corner. I noticed that even in my relationship. My partner had to fly back to another country for work for a while. I felt that impact. I know I personally and profoundly feel more confident and grounded and stronger when I'm with my partner and we are in the same city, in the same home, tackling the world together. That's what it's supposed to feel like. Being in a relationship of any kind, but specifically a secure, functioning, attached relationship, again, as as evidenced by that fusion and that merger of a we and an us, it should make you more robust. That's why we do it. It's one of the gifts. But if your relationship is always us against each other and it makes me feel weaker or as though I have more responsibility, you're not with another true adult. You are not truly in a relationship. You might be married, might have kids. It's all structural. 
I care about the emotional and the psychological because that's what our mental health care is about. It doesn't say, ah, well, we're married, so I'm good. I have someone in my corner. No, it doesn't. Not if you don't truly emotionally and psychologically. All right, we got to take a little break. We're going to come back, keep breaking this down. I want you all to hear the benefits because I'm giving you the, the map. All right, stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Oh, Rachel, we are back and we're talking about, I mean, again, this topic really was brought forth from, you know, quick tips and tricks to keep romance alive. And I want to get into that at some point, but I want us to know that we have to, we only want to apply things like that if we are within a truly attached relationship, which we can also call a secure functioning relationship, which we can also call a conscious relationship which we can also call a truly committed relationship, which means it's not me versus you, it's an us and a we. The, this I almost drifts away. Yes, it's interdependence. Yes, you still have your own identity and autonomy. We're not talking about what some people call codependence, although some of what is called codependence is actually health. There's a lot of healthy behaviors needing our partners, being better when they're in our, in our corner, uh, borrowed functioning. That's not codependence. That's part of being an adult, conscious, secure relationship. We are better for this other being there. We borrow functioning. That's right. They lift us up. They hold us up. That is what we need from birth to death as children and as adults. But a lot of people don't even have that. And I don't want those people that don't have that to just start doing these quick tips and tricks so it looks like we're performing romance or good relationship. Start first with the foundation. So it's almost like ignore what I'm going to say in the second half of the show about the tips and the tricks if you don't have a partner that thinks in terms of we and us that isn't consistent reliable available and responsive that's what i tell everyone they're like oh i'm looking to start dating i'm like look for consistent reliable available and responsive if that's not there move on and provide that as well because in healthy secure conscious adult relationships those things are, are are handled we never have to worry about that so those are the signs we they think in terms of we and us we're in it together. Everything's mutually beneficial. What impacts you impacts me. If you're happy, I'm happy. That is not codependence. That is care. When we are in a relationship, we are in each other's care. We have each other's owner's manuals. We know the secrets to our special sauce, right? We know it triggers our partner and that is not a responsibility, but we don't walk them into things and we help them through it. We don't try to trigger them. And if they do, they know that their triggers are showing them where their work is. And so they work through that, but we lovingly also try to offer care barred functioning and consistent, reliable, available and responsive are the attributes. If you have that, you're ready for the quick tips and tricks. But if you don't have that, the quick tips and tricks will not create that. You can go on all the date nights you want. You can have sex every single day, three times a day. But if you don't have a secure functioning conscious relationship, it won't matter. You'll just be going through those motions. And I think that's some of the flaw in people that just buy these books or go see some coaches. They're not doing the deeper therapeutic work. You need that safety first. Without that safety, we can't really build intimacy. Without safety, we can't be brought in or bring someone in to our psyches and our nervous system. So that's the key word. Do you feel safe? And what does that even mean? I don't know. It's a very felt sense. I can't put it into language. I don't want to. We know it. We know it. Do you feel safe? You don't need to know much more. When I pose that question, your answer comes right from your unconscious and in your body. You do or you don't. And if you don't have that, the question is, do I need to leave because this partner doesn't want what I want and isn't able to create that? Or do we need to get back on track? 
What do I need to do to start making this safe? What do I need to do to create that merger again and that fusion? What do I do so that we like each other? Because that's the core of a long-term happy relationship is that you like each other. Studies show over and over couples that have long-term happiness don't necessarily fight less and they don't even fight better. They just like each other. It shaves down the sharpness. They are great at repair. They have what we call positive sentiment override. They assume the best because their partner always means the best because they love them. And so if something happens, they don't assume the worst. They don't get angry because when someone that you like, that you know cares about you, forgets to do something, it doesn't feel that hard. You don't personalize it because you know that they're a good person. They care about you. So it's easy to depersonalize it and say something like, they just forgot or accidents happen. Only healthy, safe relationships can think and speak like that. But for the ones that don't have that, of course you should feel bad because maybe it was personal. Maybe they didn't think you were worth them stopping off on the way home from work to get you the thing you asked for. You maybe should personalize it because maybe they, they do like making you feel unsafe. And it wasn't something that they just forgot. It wasn't a mistake. Maybe it was intentional. Sometimes we're with people that do seek to harm us. So that's why, again, these tips and tricks have to be utilized by couples that are safe and secure. And if not, work on that first. We've talked about all of that on the show. I've done entire shows on that. So go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for the show and click on it. And that's where you'll find it all. That's where all those goodies are. But I just wanted to kind of frame that. I think it's important that I bring that more in is the quality of our relationship is going to be dependent on other things. Um, and looking at a lot of the research with you know them saying we think emotional intelligence is declining. Well, I think that's because technology is getting in the way. Um, we don't have a lot of good role models. Um, all sorts of reasons as to why that is, to be honest. Um, so anywho, all that to say, work on the core piece. Work on feeling safe first. And then you can add these little, you know, what do you call it? Uh, toppings on top of the Sunday per se. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break. When we come back, we're gonna slide into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line on page. Any question you got, love to hear from you. Topics you want covered, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, let us know. And as I said, we are channelq.com is where you wanna to go to check out past episodes of Love Line. Scroll down, look for the show, click on it. They're all there. Bam, 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 post, share, re-listen. But uh, stick around. When we come back, we're gonna keep talking about love and romance. Good stuff. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. Alrighty, we are back. Now it's time to uh, slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs are brought to you from our Loveline IG page. If you've got a question for us, drop it in our Loveline IG. Topics you want covered, something you want us to drop deeper into, we are always happy to hear from you. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, my name is Alicia, and I have two kids, 10 and 12, and they're both great. Independent kids, especially because I have to work. All right, well, independence uh, is important on one level. We wanna make sure though that there's also a healthy level of dependence. So I'm glad you're working. I hope when you are um, around that you're focusing a lot on connection. Because uh, again, children need reliable, consistent, responsive. And of course, as we work, we can still be that. I just, a flag goes up when people overuse the word independence. So that means like separate and on their own. Uh, children obviously need to learn and are able to uh, take care of themselves if you're focused on working. But independence is an interesting word. Nonetheless, you said the other day, I overheard my youngest talking to his friend about their parents when my youngest said, I've only ever had one mom. She does her best, but sometimes I wish I had a dad. Broke my heart. Part of me now feels pressure to find someone, while the other part of me just wants to talk to them about it. 
It's a conversation. I, I think, you know, we very much live in a comparison culture and we have, you know, very much normalized uh, a mom and a dad to parents. And so it's understandable that children notice that absence and think that something's missing. When things look different, we often think it's bad, but different isn't bad. And just because there's one caregiver versus two doesn't mean they'd be better off with two. I work with a lot of individuals who are raised in families where they had two caregivers and it was still very traumatic and toxic because of one of them or maybe both of them. The number of caregivers doesn't promise anything. What does is the quality of that caregiving. Again, I try to repeat the same terms so we can really get them down. What children need are reliable, consistent, available, responsive caregivers. It can be one, it can be three, it can be all men, it can be all women, it doesn't matter. They need certain psychological and emotional things provided, resources. And as a single mother, you might very much be able to do that. Many do. And so most likely them saying, I wish I had a dad is based on the fantasy they have of what a dad will provide based on what they see on television or what they see with their friends. Everyone wants to be like their friends, but it's not, you know, it's also very possible that none of their friends' fathers are, are available. And it's just that they happen to have one and your son not having one, he notices that as absence or loss and assumes it's bad. We also romanticize what we see on television, but that's often not what anyone's mom or dad actually looks like or what it's like to have. So, at their age, they're operating off of the loss that they notice because the others have something they don't. And number two, they have a fantasy of what a dad would provide. But maybe the dad you find for them is going to work all the time or not be emotionally available, et cetera, et cetera, or not really bond well with them. So just finding a man or having a dad doesn't necessarily promise anything at all. It's who is this person and what do they provide? But just being a single mom and them only having you isn't necessarily good or bad. It depends on how you're able to be present and how you show up. So help them understand that, that although to not have something someone else has feels like an absence or a loss, it isn't always. And that ask them what they imagine having a dad would be like, because sometimes it's able to still have those things or for you to provide those things because having a dad doesn't mean that they'll get those things, right? So have that talk, be very honest, ask them what made them say that, let them know you heard that. What do they imagine it would be like? What do they think is missing? And you can try to step into the solution in that way, but help them understand that we, things can be the same or even sometimes just better because of one caregiver. I have to explain that to people that are just a single father or a gay couple of two dads or two moms where I say to them, the gender doesn't matter, the number doesn't matter, it's your availability, it's your consistency, it's your reliability. That's what matters. That's what they need. So focus more on that. And, and maybe also focus with your children on gratitude, looking at what they do have that others maybe don't have, what they do have that they value with a single parent or even without of that, just looking at the general scope of their life and how maybe all's well anyway. So kind of work through that with them. I think it's a really beautiful question. I think it's a really important topic. And funny enough, very much rooted in what we're generally talking about today about raising boys and what boys need and what children need and what we all need, you know, to be better adults. So great question. If you guys got a question, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, whatever you're wondering about, bam, we got answers and maybe someone's wondering the same thing. So you're helping them out too. Topics you want covered or drop, have us drop deeper into. And uh, as always, prior shows over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show, click on it. Bam, they're all there. You can post, binge, re-listen, share. But we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. And what I thought would just be this easy, simple topic of how do we keep romance alive? Oof, it became bigger because I realized when I was prepping for this show that... 
I, I wanted to make sure it was utilized in the right way with the right people. Um, there's nothing superficial that we can do to create those deeper changes. However, having said that, having said that, these superficial things do have an impact and they can start to change the temperature of our relationship. So they are meaningful interventions, but they're not necessarily cure-alls. If a relationship is generally safe and secure, yeah, these things can be something that has a profound impact. But if you're with someone who doesn't want a true committed relationship and they're always thinking about them, it's me versus you, we're not in this together, everything's oppositional, they don't do their repair, et cetera, et cetera, well, then these things will be useless because it's not just about doing them. It's how, it, how, how you both embody it. Do you let these things penetrate? And in order for these things to have an impact and for them to penetrate to really keep the romance alive, which is the topic, you have to believe that that's the intention of the other. I mean, think about that. If someone flirts with you or gets you flowers or a birthday present and you know that they don't care about you or their heart's not in it, it's stupid. That's not meaningful. No, no one going through the motions is profound. But if things are decently connected and safe and someone does something romantic or meaningful, yeah, that can light us up, that can change us, that can bond us. So you gotta weigh in on that. If you have deeper structural issues, get into some couples therapy and get that, get that worked on. But in the very least, start to say to your partner, secure functioning relationship, we're both truly committed. We both don't keep doing things that are a sign of one foot in, one foot out. We don't threaten to divorce or separate. We're in this. Uh, we're consistent, reliable, available, and responsive. Everything's we and us. What you do impacts me, and it's always taken into account. Believe that. When something comes up for me, my first question is, how is it? Is that good for my mental health? Will I enjoy that? And then I also think about how it's going to impact my relationship. If someone offered me a, an amazing job right now that was in another country, my answer would be no, because my partner's here, and I wouldn't ask them to move again. They moved here. So like, yeah, put your relationship first, maybe to the detriment sometimes. You better believe it. Those are like the three, you know, things I run everything through. My relationships, what's gonna help me with my mental health, and that's what means the most to me. A lot of other things do as well. But, um, so let's break some of this down. So for those secure functioning relationships that more than not do well and you feel safe and connected, these are little things that kind of uh, keep that important ball in the air. Um, 13 habits. Um, and again, these come out of tons and tons and tons of pieces of research. One of these just comes out of a research uh, done on more than 70,000 people from 74 countries. So these are like the big 13. Now again, these apply to friends too. You're gonna have to translate the languaging as well. It's not gonna be about maybe kissing your friends every day deeply, although maybe it is. I love the, the signs of affection between friends. I love the idea of holding friends' hands and cuddling with them and leaning on them. Oh my God, oh my God, it's cheating. Only if you're in an insecure relationship. If you're in a secure relationship where everyone's worthy of trust, then your partner will find it very sweet that you can lovingly lean on your friend or whatever it is. I tell all my friends that I love that I love them. That's not threatening to my relationship because my relationship is too strong to feel threatened by anything. And if I see a sign of my partner being threatened, I clean that up. I would never want someone I love to ever feel threatened by something I do. See how I always prioritize the relationship? But you can prioritize all these things at the same time. But if you're in a relationship with someone you claim to love, who's your child, your family member, your friend, or your romantic partner, you don't do things that make them feel bad. And if you do, you feel bad and you fix it. 
<laughs> if you're comfortable harming or being harmed by your partner, you got a bigger problem. Look at that. So here's the habits of couples who have a great romantic and sex life, keeping the romance alive. And as I said in the earlier segments, and if you need to go back and listen, it's wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can go back and look at what's required to have that strong foundation for these things to even matter or work. Again, a crappy, crappy, crappy relationship that has no responsiveness, no consistency, and no true commitment will not be impacted by someone getting someone flowers. You know what I mean? Number one, drum roll please. Ready? They say I love you every day and they mean it. So if you do mean that and you want a completely secure adult conscious relationship, start telling your partner you love them every day and you stand there and you mean it when you say it. And if you don't mean it, don't say it. And if you don't mean it, why are you in that relationship with that person? Because all of these have a dark shadow side and we need to look at the shadow side. These communicate something. If these are things that make you uncomfortable, you're not willing to do them, you need to ask yourself, what is that about? Is it just because we're not there yet? Okay, that's fair. Maybe the relationship is new. Hold on to this as a barometer for down the road. It's a metric. But if you've been with someone and you, and you feel as though you should be in love or you are, but you're not willing to do these things or don't want to, that is very diagnostic. That's why I love these things. Really, really take your, your um, hesitance, your insecurity or your lack of willingness to really communicate something to you. Yeah. What else? They kiss one another passionately for no reason at all. Again, why be in a romantic relationship with someone that you don't want to kiss, kiss passionately? Why? Get out or clean it up. It's a big sign. Gonna take a break. We'll come back. Keep talking about these. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all. We are back. Breaking some hearts scaring some people, making others feel more secure. I'm talking about things that lots of studies show that healthy, happy, secure relationships have, but I also want people to be paying attention to the shadow side of it all, which means if these things don't feel good to you or you don't want to do them or you're unwilling to do them, you need to look at why. Is it time to leave? Is there no love or passion? Or is it a reminder that I need to bring this in because it just feels very foreign and anxiety inducing? Because that's the question. Because the first one was they say, these couples say, I love you every day and they mean it. If you're not willing to do that because it's not true or you don't mean it, why are you with that person? What's that about then? Second one was they kiss each other passionately for no reason at all. If you don't want to do that, why? What is that about? What's the work in that? Couples just plodding along, being together because it's more easy, you know, more comfortable and easier to be together. Oof, you're missing out. What else do these amazing couples do? They give one another surprise romantic gifts and they give compliments. Notice how a lot of these are about vulnerability and they're humbling and they're about a, a clear communication of care. It's bonding. That, that These are things that should feel good. These are things that should be very accessible and normalized. And if they're not, that's where the work is. What else do they do? Um, they know what turns their partners on and off. I very much value asking couples that have been together for a length of time if they understand each other sexually and if not, why? Because it's such a beautiful source of vulnerability and sharing. It should be used as such. It shouldn't be anything that makes us feel threatened or scares us. But it's also a good sign. If you can't do that, you have a relationship that lacks safety and intimacy 
because we should be able to talk to our partners about everything. Why? And because if we can't talk about something, it's because either it's unsafe or we have shame around it. And shame is resolved through disclosure. I don't want, I don't have shame about any part of myself, not at least consciously. And there's no part of myself physically or mentally that I need to withhold from my partner unless I choose to for other reasons. And if I want to withhold something, I have to ask myself, what's that about? What am I, what am I centering or protecting in that moment? Why am I unable to express or lead with my true self? That's my work always is living my full total self at all times in all environments with all people because who I am is perfect. Not that I don't have work to do. Not that there's not always some changes to be made, but in general, at my core, we're all good if we can just tap into and lead from that part of ourselves. So ask yourself, why am I not bringing that up and out? Especially if it's your romance or sex partner, dear God in heaven, that should be one of those people that knows that part of yourself. That's, that, that's the deal we make. To withhold that part of ourselves is to withhold that self. Really push on your edges. Again, that's why I love sex therapy. It's because all of our anxieties in there, our body esteem, our traumas, communication, intimacy, tolerance. So really look at these to do that work. Um, sorry, this one article that I'm looking at, it's like, it's uh, sized strangely, so it's hard to read this. Um, but again, for those that are just joining us, you know, we're talking about simple habits to keep love alive, but it's far bigger than that. It's more profound than that. And that was evidenced by me saying, remember, if these things are existent, awesome. If they're not and you're in a safe relationship, more of it. And if you're not willing or able, look at what that's about. I love this one. They keep playing and having fun together. I think a lot of relationships, especially when you start having kids and you build a home, they become more maintenance-based and about functionality. Did you do the laundry? Did you pick up dinner? Are the kids at school? There's nothing fun or playful in that. So why would we see our partner or our relationship as fun or playful? We've sucked all the damn joy out. That's why they say the best thing you can do for your child is have a couples-centered relationship, not a child-centered relationship. Separate you. That's how you actually create the best container or home in which your child can emerge as their true self is by you two still prioritizing your relationship. Yes, you're a parent now, but you also get to sometimes just be a partner. Just like you also sometimes just get to be a solo person out in the world on your own, seeing and doing things. I always tell people, maintain all the different parts of your identity. There'll be times where I'm alone out in the world doing something because I want free private time. There are times where it's just the two of us. It's romantic couples out in the world. There's times where I just want to be alone and go out with friends. We get to maintain all those parts of ourselves. Relationships shouldn't be about loss or lack. Our lives shouldn't get smaller, they should get larger. Your relationship's a problem if it's making your life shrink. It's a healthy sign when it gets bigger because there's more people being added to it and you're going out into the world. Here's another one, they cuddle often. Oh yes, the amount of touch that you will allow or won't allow, the amount of touch that you're comfortable with, also tells us about ourselves for sure. There are people that are working through trauma around touch, but again, I'm excluding all of that. I can't speak to every universal possible issue. I'm generalizing. I have to assume you're all critical thinkers and you can make that application yourself. But generally in a standard relationship where we've done the work we need to do, if we don't want to cuddle or touch our partner, you need to ask yourself, what's that about? And if it's about nothing, work on enhancing that. The more skin time, the better. That releases bonding Hormones, 100%. Why limit access to that? The more you can of that, the better. But I think some people really downgrade the importance of these things. And it starts to create separation. It also starts to create stress. It also removes the capacity of our partner's touch or presence to be a co-regulator. 
and help soothe us, help us get through tough times. It's called barred functioning. I was trained early in my career to think that that was bad. Everyone needs to be an adult in their own rowboat, worrying about themselves, standing on their own two feet. That's a lie and that's not possible. And healthy relationships are a rejection of that. We're in the same boat. We impact each other. Borrow functioning. Dear God in heaven, borrow functioning. There's nothing wrong. It's a beautiful thing when our partners can help us be a better version of ourselves. There's nothing wrong with that. We're never going to be able to stand on our own. That's a lie. We don't need to. And I mean this outside of just romantic relationships. That's also a sign of a good relationship that's just platonic. We've got to push back on these lies. A lot of things that are really healthy have been deemed to be, you know, regressive or codependent. It's just not true. All right, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back. We're going to keep talking about this and then we'll be sliding into those DMs. So if you've got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, you know the drill. And uh, we are channelq.com is where you want to go to uh, check out past episodes. But uh, stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Alrighty, we are back. Excuse me. And uh, we are finishing up talking about how to keep the love alive. But again, there's far more meat and depth to this. I think that that dishonors what we're really talking about because we're really using these steps as freebies for those that are doing well, but also as diagnostic tools and metrics for those that aren't to really look at what, what are these things bringing up in me? Am I willing to do these? Do I have a partner that's safe to practice these things with? Or is my inability or unwillingness or lack of safety and anxiety about hearing some of these things a sign that there's work to be done or it's time to exit? Because these are missing pieces that can be very, they really make our relationships robust and resilient, but also they make us robust and resilient because the quality of our relationship impacts the quality of our mental health. We fuse. True, secure, functioning, attached relationships are a regression. We are better for the relationship and we're worse without them. When my partner leaves the country for work, my functioning drops. That's a sign of me being in a healthy relationship where we hold each other up. Co-regulation, borrowed functioning. I want that. And when they're gone, I still have to be able to tap into my own resources. I don't just collapse onto the floor. I'm not a pillow, but I notice the absence. I don't feel as strong or confident. That's a good sign. It tells me what the relationship provides and I want that. So don't shame that. I'm more anxious. I start misusing food. I binge eat all sorts of other things when I'm on my own because I'm better when I'm in a relationship. We all are. We're doing, we're always better when we have that friend next to us or someone who cares about us, 100%. It's a beautiful resource. We're built that way. All social mammals have an attachment system and our nervous systems and our neurology wire and thrive based on the health of those around us from birth to adulthood. Children's need, children need it, adults need it. But we're talking about the, the, what the diagnostic metrics are and I was saying, hey, say I love you every day and mean it. If you can or won't do that, Wow, you better sit with what that means. Kiss each other passionately for no reason at all. Give them surprise gifts and compliments. We are so great at critiquing and complaining. Get better at catching yourself needing to give a compliment or praising. Get better catching your partner doing something amazing. If you're in a relationship where you don't feel comfortable complimenting or praising, your relationship has been structured improperly, 100%. We are not in relationships to have someone constantly pointing out our flaws. So if you're always critiquing and complaining, you might need a break. You might not be healthy enough to be in someone's life or you need to fix that. Start complimenting and praising at least three to one. For every complaint, you better have three compliments or praises that you mean. Otherwise, why are you with that person? If that person is nothing but an annoyance and all bad, spare them the drama and leave them for the sake of them or fix it. 
That's not why we bring people into our lives of any kind. You better believe if I was with someone who was always critiquing or complaining as a friend, a coworker, a family member, my mental health does not need that. Life's tough enough. I have people around me that praise me and celebrate me. That's right. Mirroring. Our self-esteem is a reflection back from others. 100% self-esteem is not an inside job. You got to love yourself, freaking love other people. That's not true at all. We learn to love ourselves by loving others and they reflect our worth back to us. It's a relational thing, 100%. We know that. And that's what we're talking about. What do couples that have long-term love also do? They keep playing and having fun together because that's the whole point. We don't date or get married to make our lives miserable. And if that's what's happening, clean it up or get out. Renew it or release it. Totally. Sit down and say to your partner, we've been doing this all wrong. Dr. Chris called us out on the show. This is crap. It's not why we're here. We're bad for each other. We make each other's lives harder. We, re- we renew this and fix it or we release and get the heck out. Tell your partner, I want couples therapy. Their response should be yes. If they say anything other than yes, they're not in it. They're just not in it. They'd be willing to work on it, 100%. Love this as well. They cuddle off and we talked about that. They make sex a priority. What? That's right. That's right. It's another form of bonding and connecting. Skin to skin, touch, eye contact, 100%. Check in on that. Stay good friends. Love that. They can talk comfortably about anything. Why? Because it's safe. Because we're on the same team. Talked about that earlier in the show. It's a we and us. If I'm good, you're good. If you're bad, I'm bad. My partner's having a rough day. I have a rough day because I feel bad knowing that someone I love and I care about is not doing well. I still have my own resources. I can still be present in my emotions. I can hold both. That's the key. I can hold both, but you better believe I'm feeling a little bummed. 100%. It's called empathy. It's called mirror neurons. It's called inner subjectivity. It's called attachment. Good friends is a key word. Comfortability talking about anything. If you're not there, work on getting there. Start disclosing. Start pushing on your edges. Start expanding your window of tolerance for closeness, transparency, and intimacy. Start sharing things that make you a little anxious. Bring your relationship into that. Start normalizing that. The more you do that, you're telling your partner it's safe to do that. They'll get familiar with that because you're co-creating that. And let's just wrap up the last few. They have weekly romantic dates. Yes, love is a, we get into relationships to bring romance and love into our lives. If that's not there, what are you doing? You just need someone else to cook dinner with you? Come on, your friend can do that. We bring in romantic partners for romance. Bring the romance back. It never has to go anywhere, truly. They take romantic vacations. Eh, It's a little classist, depends on what's going on in your lives. And then finally, they're mindful about turning towards each other. You know, it just kind of really goes back to prioritizing each other, focusing on each other, caring for each other. It's all we got at the end of the day, you know what I mean? All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back, slide into those DMs. So if you've got a DM for us, Drop in the DMs on our Loveline AG page, questions, topics, things you want us to go back to. And like I said, we are channelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes of Loveline. It's all there, y'all, all the goodies you need. All right, stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. 
You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, y'all, we are back, and uh, now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, drop them in there. Topics you want covered, bam, drop them in there. And uh, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. All right, let's see what this one says. Hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline. Oh, it's a pandemic question. Oof, kind of burn out on these, but let's do it. Had Has this pandemic made other people really spontaneous and kind of reckless? Interesting. I become very less concerned about my financials, a lot more concerned with my happiness, not wasting moments in life. I've become okay with taking trips by myself. Really try to be better at being uncomfortable. I love it, but will it catch up to me? Oh, I kind of like this. Um, you know, I don't hear anything reckless in what you're saying based on how you're presenting it. I do hear a lot of maturity. You're realizing what matters most is experiences, being happy, contentment, good. Worry less about money. Yeah, we live in a capitalist system. No one's gonna help us out. <laughs> We're gonna to have to earn our healthcare, which is gross. We should all be given it no matter what, working or otherwise. We're gonna to have to earn our right to food, safety, and shelter. Again, that's gross. Everyone should have access to food, safety, and shelter because they are a breathing human being. Um, but you're right, we live in a system where we care about money, care about profit, profits over people always. Every organization and corporation's goal is to keep itself going, not to look out for the people that most need to be looked out for. Systems forget that without employees, they don't exist. They need them as much as they need each other. So yeah, think about your money. But if your basic needs are met, eh, you don't need that fancy new car. Have experiences, enjoy yourself, go travel, do things. I love that. So I like what you're saying, that I've become more concerned with my happiness. I love that. Taking trips by yourself, being uncomfortable, I love that as well. You're pushing on your edges. You're realizing you don't need other people to be a part of your life or to take you out into the world. You're going after what you want. That will serve you. You'll be happy. Don't play it safe. Don't worry so much about career and finance. Those aren't the most important things in life at all. In fact, that complexity makes people more miserable. Some people are happy with where they are. They're like, I got my job. It pays my bills. I don't need more. I don't need to ride up that ladder. I don't need to take on more response. I'm that guy too. I like doing new things, but I don't want anything more complex. I don't want anything more pressurized. I just like what I have. You know, if something's offered, I'm like, does it sound fun? Would be good for my mental health? Okay, maybe. If anyone wants me to do any work, I'm like, what are you paying? You got to pay for my labor. No freebies. You know what I mean? I'm tired. I'm burnt out. So, you know, ask for your worth. Take care of yourself. Get out in the world and do things. I love that. I want that to catch on. I was hoping that what would come out of the pandemic is people focusing more on mental health and self-care and looking out for each other. And we've gotten a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, I think where how we were before is what we're going to snap and go back to. I am seeing some chinks in the armor, though, because I am seeing people leaving jobs that aren't giving them living wages or health care where they're not treated well. I'm happy for that. No company has a right to employees. You don't deserve employees. You have to earn the right. You have to, you have to deserve, I'm sorry, you don't have a right to it. You have to earn it. 
You have to deserve it. You have to treat people well. I love that. So that's happening. I'm watching that happen with Amazon where they're now putting out these big commercials talking about how they pay $15 and they offer healthcare immediately. Good. We should all be demanding that. We should all be unionizing. We should all be looking out for each other. We should all be sharing our salaries with others so that we can all get the same amount and ask for more. Community care, look out for, look, the studies show we are closer to being destitute than we are to being wealthy. You know, we have to come together. We have to push back on the man in the system and demand rights and look out for each other. But I like that you're using words like commitment. I'm sorry, you're using words like contentment, not commitment. Using words like contentment, using words like happiness, travel. That's what people say on their deathbeds. They look back at life and they don't say, I wish I earned more. They don't say, I, wor I wish I worked more. They say, I wish I put more time and attention into my family. They say, I wish I'd actually done things that made me happy. I wish I had listened to others less and followed what my, what I, what my heart wanted more. That's what they say. So you're doing that now. Follow that ethic. Hold on to that ethic. Don't let someone take that away from you. Even if you decide to get in a relationship or get married or have kids, hold on to this. You can do this at that same time. So carry it forward. I love that. It's so inspiring. It reminds me to do more of that. But all right, y'all, that is our show. If you've got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics. And uh, we are channelq.com. Head on over there. Past episodes, you can binge, post, share, re-listen. Uh, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. I think we got to drop the bar a little bit, right? We're not pushing ourselves too hard. We're just self-care, comfort, contentment, being happy with what we have. Um, we need a little bit more of that. Anywho, thanks for hanging out with me, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow night. So uh, be kind. As always, though, like I said, thanks for hanging out and y'all enjoy the rest of your nights. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.